Hello and welcome to part two of a special edition of Cine Critique. Uh, I did in part one my top 10 films of 2021. And at the top of that podcast, I did say I was going to do some honourable mentions. Well, and most surprising movies or overlooked. And I will do that at the end of this one. I thought I better finish this one with a positive because we are going to talk my worst 10 movies of 2021 and let me just be straight that I don't like writing off movies I know a lot of work is goes into making a film there's acting the actors are trying most of the time uh the music music the the producers have put money together to make movies the director's sitting in his chair pointing his finger you do this do that the cameraman's running around look there's interns on movie sets who want to Make it big. They have high ambitions. So I know a lot goes into making movies, but some of these movies are unfortunately horrendous. And there was some really good people involved in some of these movies, but they are horrendous. They flopped. They tanked in my eyes. I know some people are going to say, what is Shane A. Bassett talking about? Well, I am Shane A. Bassett, by the way. Hello, I'm your host, The Movie Analyst. You can find me on social media at Instagram or Twitter at movie underscore analyst. I don't really do much other stuff. You can, you know, search me on Facebook if you like, but I do not really do Facebook. You can listen to me on radio if you're in Australia. If you're not in Australia, you can tune in online and hear me, I talk movies and entertainment around the nation. But if a movie's a bad movie, I will say it's bad, but I will find something positive about it. That's my style, and it continues to be my style. This is a roundup of films that I did not like at all. I'll also uh, put in a couple that are disappointing because I had high expectations but they disappointed me. Some of these, I would assume, listeners may have high expectations of when they went and saw them. I know there's a couple here that people love and disagree with me, but be that as it may, we'll kick off in just a few moments. Thank you very much. That is Rachel Sweets. Blame it on love. Now, I blame it on movies because I watch every movie with an open mind, some more than others, but these ones were horrendous. Let's kick it off with, I know it's going to be controversial because so many people liked it, June, the new 
the new, I guess you could call it part one formation of June. I don't need to say too much about it. It was very popular in a way, although it was one of the biggest downloaded movies in the world. I think Deadpool, the first Deadpool had that unfortunate, you know, popularity on the market where people pirate movies. Unfortunately, that still happens. And June, D-U-N-E, sorry about my accent, if you cannot understand what I'm saying. I don't want to talk about it for much. Anyway, June had a all-star cast. It was hugely anticipated. It looked amazing on the big screen. It had some cinematography in it that was to die for, and i got to admit that I loved that part of it. The music was pretty good too. But the overall film, part one of this trilogy maybe i suppose it's supposed to only be two movies but i bet it gets stretched out into three movies it uh it had nothing but looking at each other it had dream sequences it had space politics people finger pointing and arguing with each other in space just didn't do it for me there's some okay action scenes uh i haven't read the books so uh, don't burn me down in flames, the fans of the huge book phenomena that's out there. I know there's some huge fans, and, and I like the David Lynch movie. There you go. Not, it's not better than this or anything, but I liked it. June was horrible. Just hated it. You know what else I hated? Well, hate's a strong word. I'm not going to say hate. Next movie I really want to say was terrible, was Last Night in Soho. Now, Edgar Wright is a director that does not really do it for me anyway. I loved Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Then I rewatched it a decade later. I'd seen it heaps of times. Hadn't watched it for about 10 years. Rewatched it. Ah, oh, it holds up. Soundtrack's good. Some really good performances, but not quite as cool as I remembered it. Uh, Baby Driver? Nah, it was all right. What about Shaun of the Dead? Everyone seems to love Shaun of the Dead. Eh, sorry, fans out there. Also, Hot Fuzz. Now, I liked Hot Fuzz. I think that's probably my favourite of the Edgar Wright films. But let's get on to this one, Last Night in Soho. Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy are in it, and they are incredible. They're really good. Anya Taylor-Joy has been better, and I'm not uh, discrediting her performance here. I think it was overshadowed by Thomas and Mackenzie, who's a really in touch, on point, switched on Kiwi actress. It was a story about time travel, about aspiring fashion design, uh, ghosts from the past, a miscellaneous lady who owns a a boarding house who has a history and all sorts of stuff happens. And the opening 35, 40 minutes or so of this movie is incredible. Looked unreal on the big screen. The music, the the dazzling uh, trip back to London in the 1960s was incredible. I loved it. But, um, yeah, no, didn't like it at all. It was horrible the way it finished up. Cosmic Sin. Now, there's another horrible movie, but... Bruce Willis is in it. No, give Bruce Willis a a tick because it gives 
things a go. He still turns up. He doesn't act sometimes, and I'm not going to say he can't act because he can, but some movies out of the four or five that he makes a year now, he doesn't really act. He doesn't have to. He turns up, though. There's a difference. Cosmic Sin is about rogue soldiers in outer space in these weird oversized spacesuits shooting at each other and there's some sort of interstellar war. Frank Grillo is also in it. He's pretty good, but I usually give most Bruce Willis movies of the last decade a chance and I gave this a chance. I got through it all, but it is... His worst in a very long time, and that's saying something. Red Notice from Netflix, a Netflix exclusive. Think about this, a trio of stars. Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman herself. You'd think think something would hit, and it'd be it an exciting moment watching these three bounce off each other in comedic form and dramatic form and action form. But it's a flopper, Rooney. How do these three pretty connected actors, all very similar in their own way, they're great at comedy, they're great at drama, they're great at action. It's a spy movie that has got already actually a greenlit sequel. So it was huge. No one's listening to me that I thought it was rubbish, but it was. Um, it was one of the worst movies I'd seen in a while. It's one of those movies you watch, and when it's over, it's enjoyable while you watch it, but it's completely forgettable. Uh, what was that about again? You can't even remember. You can't remember the jokes. You can't remember the action sequences. Oh, The Rock was in a jungle at some point. Yeah, right. I think I think Ryan Reynolds' uh, gin appeared in it at one point. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Gal Gadot kicked ass. Yeah, she kicked some butt while making some one line. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened in Red Red Notice because it is a disaster. However, I'll sit there and watch Red Notice 2 when Netflix release that. Voyages is my next pick of worst film of the year. Voyages is basically a group of teenagers who all just clash in outer space poor colin farrell passes away he's sort of their mentor but he's getting uh well he he gets he gets lied to quite a lot before he does oh spoiler alert passes away lily rose depp is in this i think her and ty sheridan in particular they do a pretty good decent acting job but it's the script in this. It's the script. It's Lord of the Flies in space. If you don't know what Lord of the Flies is, don't bother. I didn't like the book. I didn't like the two movie versions I've seen of Lord of the Flies. And basically, this is a third movie version of Lord of the Flies. Forget Voyages. Good poster. Great color. Uh, it's just got the two young actors on the uh, on the poster with like the uh, a planet or a moon with a porthole in the back. Look, forget it though. Don't be sucked into this science fiction uh, disaster. But I had high hopes for this one. Well, when I say high hopes, a certain actor returned to a character he hadn't played in 30-odd years. Here's a bit of the trailer. Presenting King Akeem's son from America. And my mom's. And 
his mom's. Children, this is your brother. Hey, Quang. I'm sorry I slept with your man. This happened before we even met. It's not like you're the first man I've ever been with. I haven't did, what did you just say about the other man? Coming to America, now it's coming to me. I always thought that Mika was going to be queen. <laughs> A woman isn't allowed to rule Zamunda. It's the law. Did it ever occur to you that Mika wanted to be your heir? Would you dare banish me from my own bedroom? Okay, so that is, uh, well, I just can't stand it anymore. That is a bit of the trailer of Coming to America, as in Coming, number two, America. Part two of the 1988 film Coming to America, the sequel that really should never have been made. I hope plans to make a Beverly Hills Cop sequel. We're talking about Mr. Eddie Murphy here. You might have recognised his voice and you might know the movie Coming to America. If you don't know who Eddie Murphy is, he is one of my all-time favourite actors when I was a kid, growing up. But I I don't know what to say here. He is so bad in this. It's not totally his fault, I guess. I don't know whose fault it is. It's, It's the screenwriter's... It is... The way it's been directed, I'm sorry, Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer's not a bad director. I really do like him. But it's just a sequel that tries to incorporate modern ideas and does not work. It's it's not funny at all. There's, there's some really pathetic, stupid scenes in it. I know comedy is subjective, but avoid coming to America at all costs. If you did like the original, which I thought was all right, and it still wasn't one of my favourite Eddie Murphy films, Beverly Hills Cop, 48 Hours, even Metro was probably better than the original Coming to America, although, yeah, maybe people will disagree with that. Watch Mr. Church. You will see that Mr. Church brings out some awesome acting ability in Eddie Murphy. Also, uh, he got a, a nomination, and he got multiple award nominations, actually, for his small role in Dreamgirls. He was in that, yeah. Eddie Murphy's unreal. I like him. He chooses his movies, well, I was going to say wisely, normally, but he chose this. So if he, if there is another Beverly Hills Cop movie on the cards, uh, look out. I don't want it to happen if it's going to be like this. I want it to happen, but I don't want it to happen if it's like coming to America. It's awful. Really bad. So is The Green Knight. The Green Knight... Didn't do it for me either. It's a retelling. It's a medieval story. Uh, it tells the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which is all linked to King Arthur and, you know, the Round Table and all that. And, I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with fantasy. I'm okay with stuff that uh, is bizarre, uh, innuendo, sexually or otherwise violence. But this stuff was just crazy, and it had its moments. I think Dev Patel, Joel Edgerton was really good in it. Alicia Vikander, I love in a in a dual role here, but uh, well, well, sort of a dual role. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a horrible movie, and it left a, a really bitter taste in my mouth. Maybe I need to see it again because it has had some praise, uh, but it's a tough watch. I like saying that about some movies. It's a tough watch. The Green Knight. And it's rated MA, in Australia anyway, MA, for a reason. You'll see why as it continues. Uh, Another one of the worst movies of the year and of the decade is 
Fast and Furious 9 or Fast 9 or F9 or whatever you want to call it. It is part 9 in the Fast and Furious. I guess you could call it Echelon or um, Legacy or Franchise, whatever you want to call it. It's horrible. It really was bad. I mean, some of the effects were okay, I guess, and it was great to see some of the returning actors, but it was uh, Charlize Theron, Kurt Russell. What was Kurt Russell doing in this? Do you remember Kurt Russell in it? I bet you don't, unless you've seen it ten times. Helen Mirren has a scene in it because she demanded it. And you watch her scene, which is with Vin Diesel in a car, and she's driving, she demanded that scene. Anyway, it's terrible. Like... The actor who appears in it, Ludicrous. This movie is ludicrous. Forget Fast and the Furious 9. We're going to get a 10 because it's already planned. It's already going to happen. I don't know where it's going to take place. A lot of people say space, but we've already been in space for a short period of time in 9. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, this will be no surprise to anyone that knows me. And it's not because I hate hate uh, movies about superheroes and and outrageous violence and, and 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 sex and and well, there's really not much sex in this because it is all innuendo. But swearing, no reason. Give me a reason for good violent acts and and com- comedic swearing. But if you haven't got that, don't do it. And the Suicide Squad did it in spades and i didn't like it i mean individual performances i liked of course margot robbie my fellow australian michael rooker was good in this i mean john cena was actually all right too and now he has his own series the peacemaker character uh look it has its moments i mean i didn't like suicide squad and now the suicide squad i don't like either so be that as it may you might love it I didn't. It rounds off my top 10 worst films. Let's do a couple of... Now, I am going to be positive shortly, but I'm going to go through three disappointing movies because I, when I say disappointing, I thought they'd be good, but they really weren't. They're watchable. And one of them is an Australian film. The first one here, Occupation Rainfall. Very epic. I think that Luke Spark, the director... He writes his stuff. He He's basically the guy who makes this effort to make science fiction in Australian film. Australians don't really make great science fiction. When it comes to some stuff, I mean, you're gonna, you can call Mad Max science fiction. Farscape was made in Australia. It was science fiction. But this is a really true Australian film around Sydney uh, good cast Dan Ewing's in it I, I quite like him Daniel Gillies is in it uh, among others Jet Tranter is terrific in this I, I will point out Jet as being a starter watch although uh, uh, is she going to get any opportunities after this I don't know Tamura Morrison is in this the great Boba Fett look I don't know Ken Jong's in this. It's just disappointing. Operation, occupation, rainfall. It's not good. Not good. Be careful. Be careful watching it. 
I gotta admit that the woman in the window on a second watch was not as good as the first watch. The woman in window with Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, Julian Moore is in this. Great cast. Wyatt Russell, son of Kurt, is in this. Jennifer Jason Lee's in this. Come on, I love Jennifer Jason Lee. And the first time I watched The Woman in the Window, I was like, yes, a little bit like The Voyeurs. If you listened back to that previous podcast of my top 10 films of 2021, The Voyeurs, well, I'm not going to compare it to Woman in the Window, but it was uh, in the same realm as a thriller, 90s style erotic thriller, mystery. You know, suspense, there's twists and turns all over the place. The Woman in the Window was great the first time I watched it. I had a second watch and it's not so great. It does not hold up. And unfortunately, the 1944 version of Woman in the Window trumps this anyway. But they're not related. They're different stories. So don't get confused. But if you're looking for one Woman in the Window movie to watch, watch the 1944 version. If you know nothing about the... 2021 version with Amy Adams, etc. Directed by Joe Wright. He's a pretty decent director. Uh, watch it. See what you think. Avoid spoilers. I think you'll enjoy it more. And the final very disappointing movie was Eternals. Now, I don't like superhero movies really anyway. That's a given when it comes to me. I say that all the time. Eternals, though, with Angelina Jolie. Gemma Chan among others, was going to be a different take on the superhero Marvel universe. Now, Marvel has got the... I guess it's got everything wrapped up when it comes to superheroes at the moment. DC, give it a good go, but uh, it's all about Marvel and Disney. Well, I think Summer Haig and Angelina Jolie are pretty good. Kid Harrington, eh, not in it much. It's got a couple of great extra scenes in the end credits. Harry Styles was all right. I think Harry Styles was good in Dunkirk as well. He's pretty good in this. It's got some good cast in it, but it's it's meandering. Not as meandering as June, but I really did have high expectations for this movie. Uh, it doesn't really. Didn't grab me. And I do think, unfortunately, it has a lot to do with the director, Chloe Zhao, who won an Oscar for Nomadland. And that's maybe more her forte. That's a small indie film because I think this was a little bit out of her reach. Whatever Chloe does next, I'm interested in, as long as it's not got a budget, you know, an endless Marvel slash Disney budget. All right, so they were very disappointing, all those movies. I also hated Prisoner of the Ghostland as well. There's another one with Nicolas Cage. That is just incredibly almost unwatchable. It had its moments of, I'm going to like this now, but then after a minute, ugh, no. But I stuck with it. Prisoner of the Ghostland, avoid. A bit like Bruce Willis, Nicolas Cage makes three or four movies a year. That one might have a cult, uh, you know, cult following in a decade's time, but, man, it is unwatchable. Almost. Others might love it. I don't know. Who knows? I'm going to be positive in a second. But first, listen to this. Happy 
Uh, happy birthday, the song sung by Altered Images from the 80s. I do like Altered Images. But that was their big hit, Happy Birthday. And it coincides with a movie called The Birthday Cake. It was a movie that I think should have an honourable mention for my uh, best films of 2021. Uh, it stars Val Kilmer. Now, I didn't know Val Kilmer had a uh, – he had a problem. With his, he had cancer and he's now got a throat. Uh, I guess you could say he's, his voice is very different than it used to be. I'm not going to get into details. But I was unaware of that until – well, I was unaware of that when I watched this movie because there is now an awesome documentary about Val Kilmer called Val and it goes into his his life, his film career and uh, and things, his, his medical issues later in the track, down the track. And if you don't know what that is, well, you will see when you watch the documentary. However, I was unaware of his medical issues with his throat when I watched this movie and I thought he was just acting with that voice and he was so good and he was great anyway it's Val Kilmer but he plays like this godfather style character in uh, and this mob and the story revolves around a young boy uh, a well young man who has to take a birthday cake to an annual get together of mobsters criminals and he takes his cake uh, and he's got to get it through the city and he has you know he's got to get the cake there in one piece and he has a lot of obstacles along the way it's excellent. It's so good. Watch this movie, The Birthday Cake. Ewan McGregor, Lorraine, Lorraine Bracco is in it. Uh, William Fickner. Now, William Fickner's really bad in this. Like, when I say bad, he's a nasty piece of work. Uh, I like Penn Badgley as well. He's good in this. Look, everyone's good in this. Uh, Aldous Hodge pops up in this too, and I like him. Lewis Guzman's in it. Like The Birthday Cake, check it out. I think you can only stream it, buy or rent in Australia at the moment, depending on when you're listening to this, but highly recommended. Another honourable mention, and this is sort of like a surprise category for me. It is West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg version of West Side Story. I don't like the original West Side Story. I just don't. I don't know why. I don't, well, I haven't seen it on stage, but I've watched the movie. And I guess musicals I've come around to, people who uh, listen to podcast, my podcasts or read my movie journalistic work will know or hear me on radio, know that I've never... It took me a long time to get into musicals as a kid. I did not get into... And, and I wasn't subjected to that many musicals. I was more into the, uh, the more adult-orientated dramas and thrillers growing up, getting into movies. Musicals, we can't stop the music and... And Rocky Horror Picture Show, Footloose, Flashdance, you know, movies I, I saw when they were um, on VHS, DVD, whatever. But West Side Story, I wanted to watch it because it's a Steven Spielberg film. You know, it, it's going to have Oscar attention for sure. And uh, it blew me away. It is unreal. I loved every minute of it. They've modernized the earlier version and they've changed a few things. The songs are still there, though. They've added some stuff. There's some great performances as well. Uh, Rachel Zegler and Ansel Elgort in particular, definitely highlighted here. The next movie I want to talk about is another... Now, I watch a lot of horror movies, but it's another little thriller that I was not expecting to like. It's paranormal, and it's not found footage. I actually thought it was found footage, 
before I watched it, but then I started watching it and I realized it is not. Probably avoid the trailer on this one because like many trailers, they give the plot away and the Deep House has that kind of trailer. And you know what? Trailers often give things away chronologically and that sucks. However, the Deep House is about a couple who are in France uh, they want to explore different places and unusual things, and one of them has heard about this haunted house underwater or a city, or, a, or it's like a town that's underwater, and there's there's rumours that one of the houses is haunted and, and things are in there or something. They just go down diving, you know, check it out, take some um, cameras with them. Holy moly, what an excellent movie. This is what follows from their little underwater expedition to see this little town that lays under this lake as is because there was a big flood and the houses just remain. Whoa. Get into it. The Deep House. After We Fell is the next movie I want to talk about. After We Fell. It is the third in the After series. Do you know what the After series is? Well, you know, that's okay. Think Tessa. Yeah, think Tessa, think Harden. Are they in love? Of course they're in love. Based on a series of books by Anna Todd. Josephine Langford is in the main role here. Australian Josephine Langford. Hero finds Tiffin, who's Ray finds his son. Look, it's the third movie in the After series. There's After and... I think if you don't know after we collided, you're not going to know or want to watch after we fell. They're all right. I'm giving them a pretty high rating because they're just interesting. They're nine and a half weeks light, if that makes sense. Probably won't to many people. But there's some good acting. There's some okay music in it. Uh, it is melodramatic. But I liked it. Yeah. Check out After We Fell. You know what? If you haven't seen the previous movies, I think you're still going to like this one. Yeah. The next honourable mention is Raya and the Last Dragon. Loved it. Really did. Here's a little bit of uh, a moment from that movie. Everyone give me your gems. We can still put it together. It can still work. Sisu's gone, Raya. We don't have her magic. It's not about her magic. It's about trust. What? I mean, that's why it worked. That's why we can do it, too. By doing the one thing Sisu wanted us to do, what my ma wanted us to do, to finally trust each other and fix this. But we have to come together. Please. For what she's done? We'll never trust her. Oh, wow. I just want to watch it again. That is so good. Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, a, a modern Disney classic. That's all I'll say. The animation is state-of-the-art. The, the writing, the, the scenes, the, the acting, the, everything about it. It's a, it's a flawless film. It really is. Loved it. It's up there with Frozen for me and uh, many other Disney films. But, uh, yeah, check out Raya if you haven't seen it already. Here's a couple of movies that I thought were overlooked. Still positive, so I'm not going to finish on a, a low note. Zola. Now, Zola was an independent film. 
that uh, was based on a true story or a true Twitter thread by a stripper, a exotic dancer named Zola, who went on a road trip with uh, some dubious friends, in inverted commas, down to Florida to make some extra bucks, some extra money over a weekend. Uh, But, oh, man, what happens next? Riley Keough is in this, and I think Riley Keough is outstanding, and it's only a matter of time before Riley Keough gets a Oscar, not just a nomination, but an Oscar for something. She's so good. She's also the great-granddaughter of Elvis Presley, Riley Keough. Check out her filmography. It's impressive. Taylor Page plays Zola here, uh, another outstanding performance. And it's just a a crazy widening of your senses movie. It is hard to watch at times. It's enlightening. There's some moments in this that are pretty crazy. Uh, Loved Zola. I think it was overlooked. It was never going to make any money at the box office. That's the thing. I hope some people at the Academy recognize how good it is, though. Music. Yeah, we all love music, but we don't all love the movie Music from 2021. Sia got a lot of backlash about this movie, and I'm going to say for the record, I liked it. It was all, it was all right. I'm not going to talk about the controversy, but you know what? When I watched it, the controversy came after. I didn't know anything about this before I watched it. And I don't care because I was watching it as entertainment and with acting, music, and I thought it was fantastic. I know there's people who have reservations about certain actors portraying in this movie. And I get it. I'm not going to talk about it, get into it. But overall, I thought music was entertaining, great soundtrack, emotional. And Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., I thought um, Mary Kay Place was also good in it. I love Mary Kay Place. Hector Elizondo, of course. But Pretty Woman is one of my all-time favourite films. And The Other Sister, actually. Two movies by Gary Marshall, of course. Hector Elizondo appeared in pretty much all of Gary Marshall's movies, especially his later movies. But Maddie Ziegler, Maddie Ziegler, as music, in music. Sorry, but I thought she was really good. Next movie that I thought needs an honourable mention. It was overlooked. Very low-key, independent film that if you didn't know about it or someone didn't recommend it to you, you're not going to know about it at all. You're not going to hear about it. You're not going to switch on it. You're not going to press play. It's called The Green Sea. Randall Plunkett is the writer-director. It's awesome. It is this really it sort of creeps up on you, this movie. It's a story of a connection between two girls, younger, one a bit older, very different personalities. One's, well, they're both strange, but strange in their own ways. There's visions of friendship here and there's sharing of stories and uh, experiences. It's a really good movie. It's about a writer who lives all by herself. 
She likes to be isolated in a way. And this uh, girl sort of comes into her life, takes her into a house uh, under not false circum, not, you know, not not false pretenses, but in a way that isn't explained until the movie develops. The Green Sea. It's a drama mystery. If you like things where you don't see it coming, but low-key on a sm- sort of a slower, simmering basis, check out The Green Sea. I loved it. Really did. And the last one I want to mention on a positive note is Anything for Jackson. He's a horror movie. Again, not everyone likes horror. It's outstanding. It is about a couple who kidnap someone to try and bring back their son who has since passed. But they want his spirit back through her. and Oh, man, it is all. Uh, it is satanic. It is incredibly done. And it is not one of those regular films. And thanks to Shudder, again, it's on Shudder. If you have Shudder, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't have Shudder but you like thrillers and horror films, it's worth getting. I know there's so many streaming services out there, but Shudder has some good top quality stuff. And this is a Shudder exclusive. Lynette Ware, Julian Richings, Sheila McCarthy, really good in this. But honours have to go to the actress who plays Becca, Constantina Mantelos. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. It is a long one, but either way, it is a performance. It's like Misery. Remember when James Kahn's character, have you seen Misery? Or do you remember Misery from 1991 when James Kahn's writer character is kidnapped? He's held and strapped on a bed. Kathy Bates attends to him, bees nice to him, feeds, feeds him, also drugs him up. Uh, but, you know, he's still strapped to a bed. Well, that's a little bit like this character, Becca, who is strapped to a bed. But there's some satanic stuff happening as well. I'm not going to give anything else away. Anything for Jackson on Shudder. All right. Well, that's it. I am out of here. I've raved on enough. Thank you very much for listening. If you got this far, uh, I will get back to regular programming on Cine Critique next episode, either with interviews or reviews of new films. Uh, My name is Shane A. Bassett, the movie analyst. You can find me uh, on social media at underscore movie analyst. Just look up Shane Adam Bassett, movie analyst, or email me, shaneadambassett at gmail.com. The lights are now coming up. The red curtains are going across the screen. I'm going to take out my bucket of empty bucket of popcorn and uh, my chock top wrapper, and I'll be there next time at the movies. See you soon.